a Disaster, a podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm still not here with my co-host, Lee. Hello, I'm Lee, still not here with Peter. And you're joining us for a Tragedy Tuesday, our mini disasters that usually don't end up being too mini. Before we launch into them, just a little bit of housekeeping, like I, I frequently do. First of all, if you're new here, welcome. Hi. If you're wondering how you can help us out, if you like what you hear, it's to tell a friend to listen, or tell an enemy to listen, or tell any person that you see to listen. The next best thing you can do is leave a rating or a review. That also helps out a lot. Yeah, I think Apple Podcasts is still the best place to do that. You can also follow us on social medias at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to keep up with what we're doing. We got a website, www.thisdisasterpod.com, where you can find everything in one convenient place. We also have a patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod, which is now up and running and chock full of bonus content for you guys. So in exchange for your patronage, you get access to live streams of us doing our uh, major disaster recordings. You get these micro disasters that come out every two weeks. You have occasional longer bonus episodes that go along with disasters where there's information that is, doesn't quite fit with the main story. So anyway, there's a lot of cool stuff that you get for being a patron. So check that out, patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod. So one more thing before I launch into today's Tragedy Tuesday. It's thanks to me. Uh, and I think Lee knows this is coming because we've recently had this conversation. So it turns out that Lee told me that when it comes to the phrase a while... Yeah. Which, as I said it, is two words, a while. Yeah, you said because phrase. Because things take a while. Yeah. Well, phrase, you, yeah. You meant word, um, go on. Well, fra- phrase, phrase. Yeah. So when it comes to a while, you, spell Lee, <laughs> spells it all one word, a while. Yes. Incorrectly. Well, so I thought <laughs> at the time, when I told you, yeah. and I was very upfront about that, uh-huh. I know it's wrong. Okay. I just hate the way it looks when it's when it's separated. Okay. I'll let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. So, uh, no, I was just going to say, where do you think you went objectively wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll counter that with <laughs> something I found on the internet here. Oh, yeah? A while. Uh-huh. That's all one word. Really? Is, and I didn't say isn't. What? Is an adverb. Okay. Uh-huh. That means, quote, for a while. Whereas, while uh-huh. is a noun meaning a period of time. Uh-huh. Generally, you should use the two-word form, a while, okay. when following a preposition. Mm. Example, I will read for a while. Uh-huh. Or with the words ago or back, a while ago. You were, you were ready for this? <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> the singular word... Mm-hmm. A while mm-hmm. should be used to modify a verb. I will wait a while. Okay. And can usually replace any usage f- of for a while. Hmm. And that's according to MiriamWebster.com. <laughs> so, Ever heard of it? So, <laughs> Mike Trump! Okay, so, no, sorry. <laughs> wait, hold on. So are you saying... Do you use a while, all one word, in all instances of well, a while? That's causing problems for me. So it's like, <laughs> oh, not, now I have to use it correctly. Right? So, so that, this, I think this is my point. Is like, I when it comes to this kind of stuff, I go for consistency, right? Sure. So I want to see either a while, two words, all the time, or a while incorrectly all the time <laughs> <laughs> until you just get beat down and you start using it yourself. No, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Cause I, before I found this, actually my friend Mike mm-hmm. sent this to me so, after, <laughs> cause we were doing that in our group chat. Yep. Um, yep. 
prior to that, I had assumed it was completely wrong and I was being a mm-hmm. bonehead because right. you could say the same about a lot. Yeah. And I would never combine those two words. It just looks stupid to my eyes, but for some reason, a while, but then it just got me thinking about, you know, whenever, yeah. wherever. Yeah. Altogether. Like there's, there's so many combined yeah, words in the English language. I mean, why single out poor, helpless, a while? And have it I guess. Like separated from its, it's got this lonely A over mm. there. Well, when you put it that way, my ire backs down a little bit. <laughs> I still think I, I still think it's wrong. <laughs> like I morally, mean, apparently I don't mean, there I don't are, mean grammatically. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because that it all started. It all started when I was doing notes <laughs> for uh, one of our podcasts, and hey, because I've been doing it on the computer now, not like a dumbass writing it down in the book. So <laughs> I wrote a while the way I like to write a while and yeah. word 10 Squiggly. or whatever I use had that little blue yeah. line yeah. under it. It's like, what? And then I <laughs> separated it and it corrected. It's like, no, fuck you. That's wrong. And then I sort of looked like, and then I what? did that post like, you guys, isn't it stupid? And then everyone was against me. <laughs> But yeah. actually revisiting my notes, I was like looking in them over and yeah. I looked at it and now, and I was like, oh, I think it should be in this instance separated. <laughs> so I separated it. Well, the more you know. <laughs> to be well, fair. now that I no think one's we... listening anymore. <clears throat> uh, how about I get into my disaster? Yeah, let's skip beyond this disaster into Here we go. another one. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to just cutting all of that out when I'm at <laughs> <laughs> A group of boy finds themselves marooned on an island following a shipwreck. Hmm. They're forced to deal with the elements, the natives, and each other. They build shelter, forage for food, and end up interacting with the native Polynesians. It's an idyllic tale of fruit, wild pigs, Christian missionaries, and a daring escape aboard a pirate ship, complete with buddy pirate trope between Ralph, one of the boys, and Bloody Bill, one of the pirates. Wow. That's a story. In the end, the boys build a raft and escape the island to the safety of Christian missionaries on a nearby island, and all's well that ends well. Oh. So that setup probably sounded kind of familiar, Yeah. but the plot and moral are quite different. So this is the plot of a story called The Coral Island by Scottish author R.M. Ballantyne, published in 1857. Okay. And it's supposed to be a testament to the power of Christian morality and triumphing over evil, which is out in the world and not within every living being. Mm. If you think this happy-go-lucky tale is a bunch of kumbaya bullshit, you're not alone. In 1954, the British novelist and poet William Golding, or Sir William Gerald Golding, thank you very much, thought so too when he wrote his debut novel, Lord of the Flies. That's where I thought you were going with that initially. So here we are. Right. This is all set up, obviously, as you know at this point. If I'm speaking, most of what I'm saying is set up to the actual story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> Let's spend a second talking about William Golding, because maybe it'll lend some insight into his most famous novel. Okay. After an early life in Marlborough in Wiltshire, England, he studied natural sciences at Oxford before transferring into English literature after mm-hmm. two years. And I guess this might be my first trigger warning in this podcast. Okay. Bit of a bit of a rape trigger warning here. Uh, okay. So, according to a 2009 biography by John Kerry, aptly named William Golding, based on Golding's journal and memoirs, mm. Golding attempted to rape a 14-year-old girl while he was on vacation from Oxford when he was 18. Oh, Jesus Christ! Right. And in his defense, in his own words, uh. the girl was quote depraved by nature and already sexy as an ape. Oh, okay. So fuck him into the ground forever. Kind of a creep. 
Kind of yeah. a creep. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, she fought him off and ran away while he yelled, I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> Why didn't she listen? I feel like that was worth mentioning because it might start to give a little bit of insight into his worldview in writing Lord of the Flies, if that's kind of his baseline. Like, okay. oh, well, everyone's as fucked up as I am, so right. Lord of the Flies, Just am I right? Part for the course. <laughs> so he joined the Navy during the Second World War, and he commanded a landing craft during the D-Day invasions, which probably left another mark on his... He did what, sorry? He commanded one of the landing crafts during yep. D-Day. Oh, I see. So yeah. I, th I think as far as I can tell, he was, I don't know if he was one of the people that was actually deploying people onto the beach, but he was in that area witnessing people getting mowed down right, by right. the Germans. So Not pretty. That probably didn't help. And then later, he became a school teacher. And during his time as a school teacher, according to his journal, he would set students up against each other to see how the conflict would build and resolve. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. before he wrote Lord of the Flies, he kind of lived Lord of the Flies, <laughs> yeah. it seems. <laughs> you, just, you just write what you know, basically. I guess that's the advice. And I guess that's how we got Lord of the Flies. But That's funny. Anyway. Like you mentioned that probably happened in the 50s. But my wife has a similar story of going to school in the 80s where one of her teachers would had boxing gloves. And if two kids <laughs> were in a fight, he would make them fight for real. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't... <laughs> As far as I can tell, there was no, like, actual fighting here, but he would, like, pit students against each other and see how they... Oh, you mean more of a psychological... Uh, yeah. Like... The more fucked up option. Oh, I see. Yeah, way more. <laughs> yeah. So, according to his students, he wasn't the best teacher. Mm. Duh. Weird. But not just because of the gladiatorial combat, in my notes. I don't think it was actually gladiatorial, <laughs> but not just because of this well, whole, like, psychological experiment. We assume. Apparently, he would, he would give them assignments, and then he would spend the rest of the class writing in a notebook. Uh, it was generally known that Golding wanted to be a writer, but uh -huh. he'd already faced several rejections along the way. Uh -huh. So he was still, he was basically spent class being like, uh, read this paper. Yeah. And he would just like take notes the whole time. Ignoring his these next... little piss ants while he works on his yep. masterpiece. Exactly. <laughs> Finally, to the surprise of his students and fellow teachers, Golding hit pay dirt with his manuscript titled Strangers from Within. Mm. But then an initial rejection and a few rewrites later, it became Lord of the Flies. Mm. Here, a group of boys is stranded on a desert island after their planes shot down during a fictional war. Ralph rises as the leader that organizes the survivors. Yeah. Jack rises as the leader of the hunters. And what initially starts out as a semi-functional group of survivors, they kind of organize to build shelter and gather food and hunt, rapidly devolves into paranoia about a fictional beast, talking to impaled pig's head, and a death party of older boys chasing Ralph through a burning jungle. Right. So the moral of this version of the kids trapped on an island story is that the evil is within us, not without. So it can't be triumphed over by Christianity. And yeah. the beast, quote unquote, was real, but it was the evil inside just waiting to bubble to the surface. Ooh, deep. Yeah. yeah. Have you read Lord of the Flies? Uh, I never read it. Yeah. I was never forced to read it. Even if I was, <laughs> I wouldn't have read it. And uh, Fair enough. so because yeah. most people had to read it in school. I, I didn't for some reason. Yeah. No, I, I didn't have that either. I was in I was in the class that read The Great Gatsby. Yeah, I was supposed to read The Great Gatsby. Didn't. No? Have you, have you read it? No. You should. It's in like an afternoon read. It's really good. Yeah, it's pretty short. Eh? I should have read it. Yeah. Couldn't be bothered. Give Stephen King a little break for once and broaden my horizons. That's one of my favorite books. It'll oh, take really? you like no time. Okay, yeah. I'll read it, Peter. Did you read Brave New World? Now that we're going through high school books? Uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> I didn't read any of the okay. high school books I was supposed to read, but I think... Fair enough. I was supposed to read Mayor of Casterbridge. Okay. And, oh, I, re I did read Heart of Darkness. It's like... Nice. 10 pages yeah, long. Right. Yeah. Um, and such, yeah. You know, I was not a very good student. Okay. To be fair, of all the ones to read, I think Heart of Darkness was the correct one. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, because I was all like, eh, Apocalypse Now is so cool. Yep. So, you know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Thanks to my high school English classes, I think my two favorite books are probably Great Gatsby and Brave New World. Okay. Very high school answer, but that's the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, that was great too. Although the movies, is it? we're going know. off the rails. We're off the rails. We're <laughs> off the rails. all this shit out. <laughs> Please continue. Yep. Undoubtedly, Golding was aware of the Coral Island, which was that original book published in the 1800s. Right. I even imagine, I, I didn't actually read this anywhere, but I imagine that the naming the character in The Lord of the Flies, Ralph, wasn't really a coincidence considering Ralph was one of the survivors in the Coral Island. Right. As yeah, well. he knew what so he I was think doing. He probably picked it and was like, no, this is how it's going to go. <laughs> Either way, Lord of the Flies couldn't be a starker juxtaposition to the Coral Island, but it leaves you wondering what would really happen if a group of adolescents were stranded on an island together. I'm wondering that right now. Yeah, we, we, we need a tiebreaker. We could use one. Yeah. yeah. Atta is an island approximately 180 kilometers or 110 miles southwest from Tonga and about 2,000 kilometers or 1,200 miles north of New Zealand. Okay. So it's a Polynesian island. In Tongan mythology, Atta was one of the first islands pulled from the ocean by Maui, with whom I am intimately familiar thanks to my son because we watch Moana all the time. Because of the rock. <laughs> to be fair, I saw Moana before he started watching it, so. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a good movie. He good movie, catchy tunes. Yeah. And I like the rock. He can do no wrong. Mm. So humans lived on Atta as early as the 16th century, and it was eventually abandoned, possibly because of people like Captain Thomas McGrath, who pulled his ship, the Grecian, up to Atta in June of 1863, invited the native population aboard to trade, <laughs> and then locked the doors and sailed away. Oh! <laughs> he was a slaver and he just yeah. came and just like scooped them up and sailed away captain gotcha <laughs> jesus christ the island stayed abandoned until the summer of 1965 okay so six tongan boys between the ages of 13 and 16 were stuck in a christian summer school in june of 1965 and they decided to make a run for it yeah where do you run when you're on a tidely island surrounded by ocean the sea fiji oh, what fiji fiji specifically but oh, the sea okay yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, Fiji. How do you get there? By grabbing a boat and totally intending to bring it back. Easy. No. They just stole a boat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they grabbed their not many provisions, left the map and compass, and shoved off towards Fiji. Close? Mm. <laughs> Relatively no, Not speaking. particularly. I'd say it's about 300 kilometers away. <laughs> oh, oh that, is that all? Yeah, that's 300 it. kilometers for an experienced sailor. Yeah, if we want to, if we want to rope in another Crowhurst discussion, yeah, yeah, I'm talking not him. I'm, I'm talking one of the people who won the race that he was in, say, an adult with a map and a compass, and <laughs> yeah, they they might make it. Okay. They might make they it. might make it. Six teenagers uh, escaping from Christian summer camp in Tonga, maybe not. Well, but let's see how that goes. So, so they set out, and after anchoring for the night after their first day at sea, they woke up to find out that the line holding the anchor had broken, yep. the sail had ripped away, and the rudder was destroyed. Mm. So they were just floating free Eesh. for who knows how long while they were asleep. Oh, for three. And it stayed that way for the next week. Oh, <laughs> a week, huh? As you can imagine, conflict began immediately uh -huh. because they didn't really bring that many supplies and all they had was coconut shells that they used to catch water. From the rain. From the rain, exactly. Yeah. But there's not a lot of water. So how do you decide who gets to drink, especially when there's so little to go around? Right. How many How many boys we got here? Six. Six, okay. That's, yeah. that's quite yeah, so. a few. And you're surrounded by ocean and imagine you're thinking that nobody would ever know <laughs> what happened. Yeah, yeah. So... They decided that each boy would get one sip of water in the morning and one in the evening. Okay. And that's it. And they stuck to it? 
Yep, they stuck to it. Wow. The six boys continued their journey, staying one step ahead of their sinking boat by manually bailing it out, which oh. again makes me think of Donald Crowhurst. Yeah. <laughs> Episode nine and 10. Check mm. those out. Oh. About, if you want to hear the story of a man who didn't really make it that far into his journey around the world. <sighs> it's an epic journey all the same. Though. It's coming up on a year since we recorded that one. And oh, that's we. still one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Man. Set the bar high. Yeah. <laughs> So they were basically manually bailing out this thing as it floated along the ocean for over 300 kilometers or 200 miles. Well, it's good to have something to pass the time <laughs> while you're lost at sea. But then one of them spotted Atta, that island that we talked about. Atta. They couldn't direct the boat in any way, so they had to jump overboard and swim for it. And they swam for a day and a half to get there. What? Yeah, they used, well, they used like wreckage from the ship to help them stay afloat. Okay. But they basically swam, swam for a day and a half. It's getting bigger. Yeah, right. Very, very <laughs> slowly. Very slowly. <laughs> so one of the 16-year-old boys made it to land first, but he was exhausted and just collapsed immediately. Oh, why? All, he just had the strength to call to the other people and say like, I made it. There's an island. And then they all kind of <laughs> We didn't imagine followed it. the voice. Yeah. The others finally made it to shore. And when they did, they just found his shivering, withered body. He was still alive, but okay. he wasn't in great shape. We've talked about cannibalism before on this podcast. <laughs> it's come up, yeah. They hadn't eaten a lot at this point. But we won't be talking about it now because they just built a shelter, dragged <sighs> him into it, and nursed him back to health. Thank God. That was about to get really grim. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it didn't. It didn't, though. So <clears throat> Not as dark as, say, the, um, was it the Egyptians who were like, oh, we're sick, better yeah, the babies. <laughs> <laughs> the Egyptian famine. That's the Egyptian famine, episode 12. Oh, classic. Yeah. Much like in Lord of the Flies, the boys divided up the tasks of hunting, foraging, and shelter building. Okay. At one point, they actually discovered an abandoned village, possibly picked clean by the 19th century slavers that we talked about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they brought it back up to livable standards and continued living off local fruit and feral chickens. So, Damn. so far, so good. That's They're kind of making it work. Going all yeah. right. Yeah. One up on Tom Hanks, I would say. Like, yeah, nobody's befriending a ball yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to ask yourself, though, how long can such an idyllic existence really last? Because huh, you got myself. long, dark, and most importantly, cold nights. And these led one of the boys to snap. Oh. So when none of the other boys were watching, he took it upon himself to sharpen two sticks. And then with the other boys distracted, he worked and plotted until one evening, just as the sun was setting, uh. he successfully used the sticks to start a fire. <laughs> and they kept that fire going... The whole time they were on the island. You bastard. <laughs> That's good. Again, kind of making it work. Making it work. Kind of making it work. Okay. For real though. Mm. I, I've, I've been joking around a bunch, but time to get, time to get real. So um, okay. as you can imagine, with six boys, statistically, there must be one bad apple because sure. they can't all just be living this kumbaya ideal existence. No. So you had this one boy that was working tirelessly to build a fire. Another one was working on something a little bit more sinister. So he spent his days foraging and helping around the camp just to keep up appearances. Uh, and then in his evenings, he was collecting wire, nails, and wood. Okay. So with a creative mind of a sadist, <laughs> he sweat as he assembled his tool of misery. And one day, not that long into their stay on the island, he waited until the group was together and at a particularly low and lethargic point, he snuck off, grabbed the weapon he spent so long making, <laughs> and strummed the strings of his makeshift guitar. <laughs> Over the course of their stay, this monster composed five songs that they would sing every night to lift their spirits. Oh my God. Right? You can't make this shit up. You, you like float away 300 kilometers onto an island. The first thing you do is make an acoustic guitar. Right. Come on. Come on. 
how upbeat I've got some thoughts be? on acoustic guitars. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> He's like, oh, I hate folk music. <laughs> Can this get any worse? So at this point, it's probably clear that the boys stranded on Atta in 1965 went a lot more like the Coral Island and not really at all like Lord of the Flies. Not so much like, uh, yeah. In fact, they actually made a pact that they wouldn't fight. And if they did... They would purposely separate for four hours and then come back and reconcile. Oh, okay. So they're smarter than basically every grown-up in power right now. Yeah, huh? Hmm. Yeah. They they learned to take a second. <laughs> take a beat, count to ten. So at one point, they did build a raft in an attempt to escape, but it disintegrated almost immediately, <laughs> which is probably for the best, because remember, they didn't have a compass or a map, so they set out in the complete opposite direction from any <laughs> hope of rescue. So I think that was maybe karma. Yeah. Karma saw how well they were doing and was like, I'm a, uh, I'm going to do you a favor here yeah. and smash this boat. <laughs> Here's one for free. No, 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 no. Go, ba, ba, ba. Go back to your paradise with the guitar and exactly. the rules and the shit. Finally, in September of 1966, the boys were spotted by a passing vessel and they were rescued. So all told, they spent 15 months on the island. 15? Which is yeah, 15. 15. Right. Yeah. Nuts. Jeez. They never seriously fought. They worked together. They entertained each other. And I didn't even talk about this, but they even set the broken leg of one of the boys after he fell off a steep slope. Oh, okay. And when the doctor when the doctor saw that he, the thing was set, he was like, oh, wow, this is actually done really well. <laughs> so he didn't actually have any permanent damage. They must have been like Boy Scouts or some equivalent, like just... May- maybe. So if you're wondering... Whether a desert island situation where a group of boys are stranded on an island is more Kumbaya or Lord of the Flies, it's totally Lord of the Flies. And this group was a crazy fluke. People are awful, evil, panicky monsters. <laughs> the end. Um, yeah, that's the exception <laughs> to the rule. Yeah. There's just no way. Originally, I read about this story on an article in The Guardian that came out relatively recently. Right. I kind of caught my interest and I did a little, little bit of my own digging and... Uh, I kind of got immersed in the story and I was like, yeah, but no. <laughs> really, though, no. I think maybe these are the, like the the only six people on Earth that yeah. would have done this well, I think. I think so. That's the story of the Lord of the Flies for real. <laughs> that's, that's what really happens when you get stranded on a desert island yeah. with a bunch of teenagers. Hope for the future. So music-wise, again, like I said... I don't even know if I have to preface this, but for my Tragedy Tuesdays, they're not necessarily directly connected. It's just kind of what I've been listening to. Yeah. And today I was actually listening to a band that I kind of kind of fell off my radar for a while, but I don't know why. It's P.S. I Love You. Oh, yeah. I think, I know you're a fan. They're an indie, mm-hmm. sort of indie garage rock band from Kingston, Ontario in Canada. Yep. Just like hour and a half from here. They're uh, just two dudes, a uh, guitarist, and he plays like this bass keyboard with his feet when they yeah. play live. Yeah. And a drummer. And it's just super awesome. We've seen them live a couple times together. They're just really impressive. Yeah. The album is For Those Who Stay from 2014. And the song is In My Mind At Least, which is the opening track. Oh, so good. Such an awesome song. I I think part of the reason that it kind of came to mind is that the cover is a sunken door at the bottom of some body of water. I don't think it's the ocean, but it's like an underwater sort of thing. Made me think of these these guys and maybe the wreckage from their raft. It's like a super high... They're a high-energy... They're surprisingly high energy band, mm-hmm. I find, because uh, even on the on stage they don't really move around that much. Yeah, yeah. just well, he can't he can't because his foot needs to be working the bass, right? Right. Whatever. But uh, 
this track is a banger. Uh, it's it's kind of it's the kind of music that I would put over a montage of the boys on this <laughs> island surviving. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty uplifting story. And yeah, it just it's an awesome band. They haven't actually. I, I checked out their Wikipedia page. It doesn't say that they're like broken up or anything. It says like 2006 or whatever to present, but they haven't really put anything out since 2014. No, so. they haven't done anything much. Like I kind of wonder if they're a band anymore. If it's maybe it's just a back burner thing. But uh, actually, I think the drummer. Pretty sure the drummer plays in that band De Trois oh, okay. as the guitar yeah. player. Oh, okay. who are also a great band from uh, Kingston. Yeah, they must be from Kingston. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, good choice. That was my tragedy Tuesday. Turns out not so tragic. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop, and then I realized it wasn't. Like I was waiting for you to say, and the other kid was building what turned out to be an ice cream stand, and there was ice cream for everyone. The old, the old hoodwink. That's what I call that one. Thanks for joining us. If you liked what you hear, the best thing you can do is tell a friend to listen. And don't wait until you return from being stranded on a desert island, which I guess we kind of are at the moment stranded on Even our own. Even if you are, like send smoke signals or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if learn Morse code if, with all your spare time yep. and then use that Morse code to smoke signal, listen to this as a disaster. Yeah. I think uh, that would be, well, and that'd then be the best get thing. around to SOS and whatever other right, right, right. okay you know S- start with sos start with sos that's the easy yeah. one and in the meantime while you wait for the yeah. boat think yeah. of others for a change i.e you know us our <laughs> podcast stop thinking yeah, we get it you're on an island you're probably <laughs> eating coconuts you're not going anywhere <laughs> uh the next best thing you can do is leave a rating or review wherever you listen i think apple podcast is the best place for that to help us get seen because the more the merrier I always say. Mm, you always say that. All the time. It's <laughs> annoying. Yeah. If you wanna if you wanna keep up with what we're doing, you can follow us on social medias at this disaster pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you wanna check out everything in all one convenient place, check out our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com. We have a patreon.com slash this disaster pod where you can get tons of bonus content, like our micro disasters that come out every two weeks, some other bonus content, access to our Discord, and our live streams for the major disasters. I think that's pretty much all I, have, all I have to say, and I guess we'll see you in a while. We'll see you in a while. A while. A while. A while. We'll see you in a little while. There. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.